Welcome to Over Under, a sports talk podcast with your hosts, Mike Schatzer and myself, Craig Mesmer. It's been a couple weeks since we've reached out with an episode. We've been busy with other stuff, but we're back again. We're not sure what episode this is, but we're up there somewhere in the teens. Schatzer, how's it going? Hello, friend. Uh, you're right. End of the school year for both of us being in our field and uh, craziness abound and, you know, spring sports and finishing and high school basketball starting back up again for a quick season. So we're busy over here, brothers. It's good seeing you. You too. And, and just a quick congratulations. I know you are celebrating or about to, or just did, whichever it is, 20 years of marriage. So congratulations to you and Amy. And just real quick, I remember at your wedding, you pulled me aside and you told me two things. You said, Craig, number one, you're a better basketball player than Bill O'Neill. And you said, <laughs> Number two, I think I found someone really special and I'm really happy. So you were, you were absolutely on the mark with both of those. So congratulations <laughs> to you and Amy. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. That was a good wedding. That was a good time on the rooftop. Of, yeah, it was uh, fun. Down in Charlotte. Inn. Yeah, that's right. That's a good time. But uh, no, it's spring sports. I mean, I know we want to talk some, talk some NBA hoops, a lot going on with that. And, uh, you know, I did want to mention that Alabama women's softball got beat against Florida State. You know, here's the thing. You know, we talked a little bit last episode, I think, about all these no-hitters. We were making a no-hitters prediction. You know, the, the girl, Montana Fouts from Alabama, she threw a perfect 21-inning or 21-out uh, game for Alabama in the, in the College World Series on her 21st birthday. So she Oh, wow, a, that's awesome. She pitched a perfect game, okay? Hopefully somebody bought her some drinks that night. Well, 21 up. <laughs> I would 21- imagine so. She might have made it to the Lions, Paul, that night and did some, uh, you know, some mud slides and some, <laughs> you know, some, some wild turkey shots. But, I mean, she 21 up, 21 down on her 21st birthday. But now here's the thing. She threw that perfect game. The next game she played Florida State and she got lit up in the first inning, gave up like six or seven runs. So wow. it's kind of that, you know, you throw a no-hitter. These guys all of a sudden they throw a no-hitter lately. Now they're on the DL for 10 days because of arm fatigue. Right. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a it's a curse and it's a blessing, you know. Well, they always said that with the Mets. You know, the Mets for the longest time were one of the few franchises that never had a no-hitter, despite the fact that Nolan Ryan, who threw more than any no-hitters than anybody, actually came up with the Mets, and they had Seaver, and they've had Dwight Goodman. You know, guys have left the Mets, gone to the Yankees, pitched no-hitters in perfect games. Right. They never had a no-hitter for the longest time. They had got Johan Santana, and he ended up, however many pitches he threw that night, ended up finally throwing them one. But he was almost never the same after that. And the manager always said, you know, I actually wish I would have taken him out in the seventh inning and save those extra 25 or 30 pitches. Cause I think I wrecked his arm just trying to get the no hitter right. when we should have been just happy getting a win and saying, okay, we still don't have a no hitter, but we got Johan Santana, you know, pitching hundred percent capacity. Right. I gotcha. You know? Well, it's a tough, tough break though. So a lot of no hitters being thrown and especially in college softball, college baseball's in full swing. I don't know if you watch the college world series with some exciting uh, baseball going on there. So I think they're heading to the super regionals this weekend. And then next week is the, uh, or the weekend after starts the college world series. So I, that's one thing I'd like to go check out at least once in my life. Yeah. Is a college Skelly, Skelly was just in Omaha. He was just there on business. Cause we caught up about a week ago and he was getting ready to leave the next day to go out for a little business seminar out. And I said, dude, go check out, you know, college uh, world series, at least a stadium, even if it's not going on yet, I'm not sure if he did or not, but I agree with, and he said, Omaha is a fun little town. He said, it's, it's clean. It's easy to get around. There's some interesting things to do there. I would definitely be into going to check out a college world series just because, you know, go, go see something for the novelty of it. Right. I'd like to go and watch almost all the games. You know what I'm saying? So go watch these crazy ass games. Oh, you got to go see the games. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if you have to go to every single one, but I'd probably try to go to every single game and just make it work. So it sounds like fun, but it's, it, it's NBA playoff season, Craig. So, you know. well, Hey, before we jump into NBA, let's, let's real quick, let's do a quick, 
a quick thing on the uh, Julio Jones trade. Okay. Just because, you know, that, that was definitely, we don't get a lot of big football news right now. All right, Aaron Rodgers isn't in camp or uh, whatever. Football is kind of on the back burner right now. We knew Rodgers wasn't going to be showing up. There's not too much to talk about. But what did you think about being a Bama guy? What did you think about the Julio Jones trade going to Tennessee? Well, I mean, you know, uh, they, they got him at a pretty good price. I think they got Julio Jones for a second and a sixth maybe. It, it, something like that. They're basically a second and something else. I think there's like a sixth going one way, a fourth, basically a second and a fourth, but they also get a sixth back or some, something to that. They didn't have to give up a first round. Though. That's right. the, that's the, that's the headline. Not, not a costly trade it off the Titans. I think it was a good move. I mean, the Titans, are, I mean, if they could continue what they did offensively, you know, I liked the, the Brown receiver said he offered to give up his number 11 Jersey to Julio oh, wow. Jones and Julio Jones said, no, dude, it's cool. So, you oh. know, I don't know what number Julio's going to wear. I think he wore number eight at Alabama. So I can see maybe where that's McNair's old number, correct? Number eight. I think it was. Yeah. Or was he, it might've been nine. I think he was nine actually. I'm not McNair sure. But was I, nine. I can see Julio. Jones now are they are receivers allowed to wear? They are now. Digits? They are. Yes, okay. They are now. They just changed that rule. So that's a good trade for the Titans. What do you think? I, th- I think they had to make it, you know, I wasn't, I was really skeptical once they drafted the tight end from Florida. I said, okay, they're sticking with Matt Ryan. They're going to try to win with who they got. So I was of the mindset that they're not going to trade Julio Jones. Then, of course, he came on the one uh, talk sports talk show and talked about, I'm definitely out of there. So at that point, you knew the handwriting was on the wall. I guess he was just so fed up being in Atlanta. Right. I was a little surprised they actually dealt him because he is. I, I think when he's when he's right and when he's healthy and when he's motivated, he's as good as there is in the NFL. I mean, he, he could you could argue that he's the most physically gifted player in the NFL. He has no physical limitations whatsoever. I mean, he does some things on the field that are crazy. So Tennessee's absolutely getting a, a playmaking, you know, game-breaking wide receiver. And you pair him with Derrick Henry, you pair him with a good offensive line, you pair him with a team that's been close. Maybe it puts them over the edge. That's obviously what they're going for. The AFC should be very interesting this year. Of course, you got the Chiefs, you got your Steelers. Can they bounce back? I think the Ravens are going to be improved. You got Buffalo. There's a lot, you know, Tennessee now. You got a lot of good Cleveland. Got a lot of interesting teams that are on the way up. And don't forget about, you know, the Patriots, I'm sure will have something to say about it too before all was said and done. Well, I mean, you know, on that on that Pittsburgh connection with with uh, Julio Jones, your Alabama guy, you ought to watch him block downfield. He's such a physical blocker. Like, I think that's what might be one of his best attributes is he is a good downfield blocker. But then you segue it into my man, Najee Harris. He is making the rounds of Pittsburgh. He's shown up at Penguins playoff games. He's thrown out the first pitch at Pirates games. The city of Pittsburgh has embraced Najee Harris. That's awesome. You like to so, see that, right? You gotta, yeah. you gotta like to see that. That's smart. I just, I just hope he's successful now. Like, you know, get it done. Like he's he's doing the right things. He's going to the uh, public events, but you know, do the right thing, and and you know, which is great. But I want him to see him perform. You know, a thousand yards would be huge, but that's a lot of asking him a rookie. But you know, anyway. So let's talk NBA, Craig. What, what, let's do the, it. What's the big take? I mean, of course, you know, we're we're to the point now that LeBron and the Lakers are out. You know. Yes. And you talked about LeBron and your 60 second rant, which dude, I think, you know, people who haven't checked your 60 second rant out on Facebook need to read them, but I think you should read, I think you should read them because I don't think it does justice to the inflection in your voice when you're speaking about how things are meant to be taken. So I think I love them, but what do you think about LeBron being knocked out, dude? Well, I love it. I mean, I respect LeBron James. I think he's the second greatest basketball player of all time behind Michael Jordan. I do not like LeBron James at all. There is something to be said that if he's in the playoffs, it makes the playoffs better. I understand that take of it. I usually, I root for the Cowboys. I root for the Mets and I root for carnage. 
So I like to see when things are upturned and upsets and crazy things happening. That's what I tend to root for in sports. And out West, you have no Spurs. You have no LeBron. You have no Warriors. It's a new world order. I was just, the one thing, the one team I was uh, unhappy to see get bounced was the Mavericks. I really like Luka Doncic. Yes. The sports ran about him a little bit. And I think he's the next, you know, he's, Three years from now, he's the he's the best player in the NBA, I think, no question. Um, they, they got bounced by the Clippers despite 46 points and 14 assists from him. Right. Um, but, you know, he was a one-man show and unfortunately ran up against an actual team. So the Clippers are still there. So we got four left in the East, four left in the West. I think the East has more concentrated – I think the, the, the five through eight in the East or six through eight wasn't very good, and you saw that in the first round. There were a lot of sweeps and a lot of fairly easy series. Out West, it seemed like everything was going long, six or seven games and back and forth. But I do think between the Nets and the Sixers, especially, you got two really top heavy teams that are going to be tough for anybody to dismantle in the finals. Well, you know, the Sixers, you know, they, they, they rise and fall with Embiid. If he's hurt, they don't, they don't play very well. Uh, kind of like, you know, Porzingis in Dallas. I mean, you know, Luka did it all himself. He had no help. And then Porzingis keeps getting hurt. You know, Joel Embiid stays. I feel like he stays hurt. And I'm a Sixers fan, you know, so without him, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, the Nets, I just, I, it's, as much as I, I hate to say it, I, I don't like Harden at all, but I like KD, but they're going to be tough. He's to out beat. now and Harden's out now. Yeah. And they're still playing and they're still putting up 147 points a game. They're beating the heck out of the Bucks, who I thought, yeah. you know, Bucks are a good team and they got Giannis, they got some shooters and they're getting their butts kicked in this series so yeah. far. So they're going to be awful tough to beat. I mean, they're, it's the super team. You know, the super team they put together. I mean, Kyrie Irvin, I think you mentioned him in one of your rants. I mean, I question his work ethic sometimes. Right. You know, it's all about me. What What's in it for me? I think he was like that at Duke. Now he's talented. I'm not saying he's not a good basketball player, but I question his ethics. I question his astronomy, too. He's a flat earther. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, that's what I love about this. You, you bring up some things. You know, that make me laugh. Uh, well, I was just to, just to piggyback. I'll also say this, and I'm not a Sixers fan, but, you know, I try to be, rather than rooting for any team or rooting against any team. I try to present myself as somebody who's objective and knowledgeable and has interesting takes on sports that are as honest as possible. I really, truly believe that when Embiid is healthy and focused, he's the most unstoppable player in the league. The, last night, he's going up against guys that are six foot nine, six foot ten. They look like children next to him. They can't cover him. And then if you foul him, he makes 85% at the line. He can step out and shoot a three. He can pass over the double team. I mean, you just, if you're the opposition, you just got to throw everything at him. And as long as he's healthy, though, I, I don't know how you stop the guy. I, I think the key for the Sixers, obviously Embiid's health is key because if he's not on the floor, they're not winning anything. I agree with that 100%. But all totaled, if everybody's there, I still think they need Ben Simmons at some point to step up and either make a foul shot, right. make a jump shot, be willing to take a jumper. I mean, he just goes invisible in a half court set. He's great defensively. Yeah. He's almost seven feet tall, running the point left-handed. Right. So he's mat a matchup nightmare, but the guy literally, and if you get into a half court set, when you need a big shot, which ultimately that's what playoff basketball is about. I mean, I might as well be out there for the Sixers. <laughs> I'm not, I got a better shot of making a 15 foot jumper than Simmons does. Now it's going to get blocked <laughs> and I'm probably going to tear my Achilles on the way down. But my point is, you know, he's he, he serves unless he's in transition on offense. He almost serves no purpose. And I think at some point, you know, in this series, he's three of 12 from the foul line. If I'm the other coach. It's a tight game in the third, fourth quarter. I'm sending a guy out there, foul him every single time. Right. Foul him every single time and taking some shots. 
because he's got a mental block about shooting. It's just, and to me, it's just as the number one overall pick in the draft, two years in a row, the Sixers took Fultz and they took Simmons, both as the number one overall pick as a guard, and neither one was ever able to shoot the ball in a Sixers right. uniform. It's just very, very strange to me. Right. But they are super talented, and if Embiid is healthy, they're going to be really tough. Well, I mean, Simmons is, a, is, a, is an adequate passer, but like you said, he's a matchup problem. I mean, I, sometimes I wonder if he's not more apt to play at a, at a different position, but, I mean, I guess he runs the point well enough, but he's good in transition, you are right, but he's not a scoring threat in a half-court offense. No, you know? not at all. He, 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 almost could, looks, he almost looks afraid to shoot. He almost looks like he has a mental block about – and I just can't imagine he's that bad of a shooter where, you know, get – Pick a, pick a game in the regular season if you're the coach and say, look, you're just going to go out there and shoot, you know, 10 three-pointers. So you're just going to get it. You're going to work it out of your system. Right. I mean, he played two years in the NBA before he ever made a three-pointer. Maybe he needs glasses. <laughs> Put on some Kareem goggles and all of a sudden the guy's Steph Curry. How hilarious yeah. would that be? I would say it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the quick fix, but. So Sixers, I mean, Chats are for Chats has promoted the general manager of the Sixers. He just solved all their problems. <laughs> I'd rather that would the, be great. I'd rather be the GM of a baseball team, I think. But I could probably work basketball if I really had to. I mean, I know the game well. Hey, enough. Basketball, you got to get the stars. You can, you uh, who posed it? Was it you or somebody asked me, or maybe I saw it on Facebook and I sent it to you? I forget what we were talking about at some point. You know, is it harder to win in the NFL or is it harder to win in the NBA? And I guess the bottom line is it's hard to win anywhere. You know, only one team ever wins every year. All the other teams at some point lose. I think in the NBA, though, it's you have to just get those superstar players. Yeah. And I guess that's why I have this fixation with Ben Simmons, because he should be a superstar. He's got talents and abilities that most guys don't have. There's not many guys who are seven feet tall running the point that right. see the floor the way he does. Yet at times, then, he looks like a below average player in other areas of the game. It's just kind of mind boggling. Well, but. Hey, go get his eyes checked. If he doesn't need glasses, then we'll find the next solution. You know what I'm saying? That's hilarious. You know, uh, <laughs> what do you, what do you, who do you see coming out of the West? So, so we got, you know, uh, let's just recap real quick. So you got the Nuggets or I believe are down one, nothing to the Suns. Well, I think the Nuggets won last night and Is I mean, one, the, one, no, no, I think was it the jazz, no? the jazz beat the Clippers jazz beat the Clippers. I was thinking like, Donovan Mitchell at 45. You know, yeah. He played what? Well. Yeah. The Nuggets are Nuggets play tonight. Uh, much later tonight, because, you know, we're doing this again. We're what time, uh, clock says 525 a.m. We're getting up <laughs> early to get this get this in for all of our uh, 20 faithful listeners. But the Nuggets, the Nuggets are going to play the Suns tonight. They're down one nothing. And we got I guess we got to give a quick shout out to the Joker. Nikola Jokic was just <laughs> named uh, NBA MVP. Oh, really? Yep. He was uh, I think Embiid finished second. I believe Curry was third, but Jokic was kind of the runaway winner. I mean, he did have a crazy season. He averaged now as a center, averaging almost nine assists a game. Right. Um, So congratulations to him. Yeah, that's cool. That's and a guy who was I think he was a second round pick. You know, these foreign players are coming over here and really doing well. I mean, they're they're no Tony, no Tony Kukoc, but I mean, you know. I love Tony well, Kukoc. Well, you got Giannis, you got Jokic, you have, of course, we talked about Luka Doncic. I mean, the names are a little hard to say, but there's no question on the talent that these guys have. And like I said, I think you're going to look up within a year or two and everybody's going to realize the best basketball player in the world playing is playing for the Dallas Mavericks. They just have to get the guys some help. Yeah. And, and the best thing I like about Doncic when you watch him play is when they lose, he looks like his world is coming to an end. Now, you know, you may not want to be his wife that he's, right. he's coming home to, but in terms of somebody who 
is just absolutely abhorrent of losing. I mean, that's what you want out of your superstar player. You need a guy that just can't stand losing. And that, right. and he's got that look at all times. And he's 22 years old. Yeah, and this is a young. guy that at 16 is winning MVPs in, you know, Euro adult leagues and right. crazy stuff like that. Yeah, so. I like watching him play. Uh, he's exciting. Um, he can do a lot of things. Uh, he does. He sometimes he struggles from the foul line as well. Yep. I mean, if that's one area. I mean, if let's nitpick the best one of the best players in the league. He needs to work on his free throw shooting. That that hurt him in the playoffs. Well, there's know. no question. But that's that to me. That's not a nitpick. That's you know you got to hit your foul shots, and especially if you're a guard that's handling the ball like Simmons, like Doncic, like you know Trey Young lives at the foul. Trey Young is an average NBA player if not for the foul shots. But right. he goes to the line 15 times a game, and he's going to make 13 of them. Right. And he gets half his points at the foul line. And he yeah. sells – I'll give him credit. He's six foot one, but he sells the calls really, really well. He does his little acting jobs, and he finds a way to get to the line. He didn't play well last night against the Sixers at all, but you still – you look up at the end, he's got 23 points, 11 assists, you know, most right. quiet 23 and 11 game you've ever seen. So tell me about the atmosphere of the game last night. It was great. The place was electric. I mean, Philly definitely needed it. They came out, you know, in, in game one – I think they gave up like 45 points in the first quarter or 47 points or something ridiculous. And Atlanta just shot them out of the building and they came back and made a run, but could never quite catch up. Last night was the exact opposite. It was like, I don't know, 25 to six at one point. And the place was absolutely rocking. They had Dr. J ring the Liberty bell to get it all started for pregame announcements. And there was, you know, 20,000 people there. It was, it was a great environment. It was a lot of fun. Thanks to my buddy Scott Freeze for hooking us up with some tickets that he was not able to use. Um, he's a big NBA guy, real knowledgeable, and he's a, he actually listens to our Sports Talk podcast <laughs> once in a while. He's actually a listener. Nice. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you got to go. It's always fun to do stuff like that. I mean, like, like we talked uh, off air early earlier today. Um, I don't know if I'd want to have season tickets, but to go to like once in a while thing, you know, that's right. that's pretty cool. You know, that's pretty cool. And a, and a big game if you have, you know, if. And the seats were good. I've, and he's gotten amazing seats at times. And last night's seats were really, really good seats. And to get good seats, and it's a big game, and it's, you know, last night's game wasn't great, but it did definitely have its moments. Um, the Sixers made two runs. They made a big run to start the game. And then Shake Milton came in in the – didn't play the entire first half. The guy came in about halfway through the third quarter. And I actually said to my son, I said, you know, if I'm the – if I'm uh, – the Sixers coach, I don't know if I'm using guys off the bench because they didn't do anything in the first half. Well, he absolutely pressed the right button with Shake Milton because Shake Milton came in, had 14 points, a bunch of assists, and he was the X factor. Embiid was the best player, no question. But Shake Milton came in and really gave a jolt when it looked like uh, Atlanta might be coming back. They took the lead at one point. They were up 80 to 79 on, again, a couple of Trey Young foul shots that were gifted to him. And he does get a lot of I, he, he plays the ultimate villain on the road because he, he does the constant, the head shake, and he, he sells everything. He should be an Academy Award winner. And the referees buy it. He went to the line a ton of times last night. They went up 80 to 79, and then all of a sudden, the Sixers just went on another run about 25 to 5 or something like that and kind of put the game away. Did you stay for the whole game? We did. I always stay for it. I, I rarely leave a game early. I think we might have left with like a minute left when they were starting to, you know, just hold the ball and stuff like that. Right. To, try to hit the men's room and get out to the parking lot. But I, I almost never leave a game. Early. I hear you. Good for you, dude. Awesome. Man. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So yeah, it was fun. Can the Sixers pull it out here? What do you think? I, th I definitely think so. I mean, it, well, here's the thing I would say too. Here's the thing I didn't understand last night. They're up by about 20 points with like four minutes left. Their, their key to their entire postseason, his health, 
Embiid, he's on the floor shooting three pointers, like three, four minutes left trying to get to 40 points. I'm thinking if this guy comes down wrong or rolls an ankle or tweaks his meniscus that was, you know, kept him out of at him, uh, games earlier in this postseason, they're done for. Why yeah. is he even on the floor? I understand if it's a close game and you got to get the win, no question about it. But j- just to have him on the floor in garbage time, shooting three pointers to try to get to 40, right. I thought was really, really risky. But yes, to answer your question, I think, I think the Sixers, when healthy and when focused, are the most talented team. Um, I guess the Nets are probably there. The Nets, if the Nets have everybody, they're right there with them. I just think Embiid is just so difficult to stop. He's just so much bigger and so much more physically gifted than any other big man. Right. And I don't know how you stop him, but well, Sixers I mean, tend to Nets, stop themselves sometimes. As much like, like I said, as much as I hate to say it, Nets, I think just have too many. Like if Harden's healthy in the next, if, if the Nets make it through to the next round, which they should. Uh, yep. and Harden's somewhat healthy. I think they, I mean, they got, they got four bonafide, you know, super guys who were superstars at one point in time in the NBA. Right. You, you have Blake Griffin in there too. You know what I mean? Right. Forget about that dude. So they're going to get Joe Thomas. Who's one of the best three point shooters in the league. You know, he's not an, he's not an all, he's not a hall of famer, but he's a guy that's going to make 40% of his threes. A really nice complimentary piece to, you know, you can't double everybody. Somebody's right. going to be open eventually. Yeah. I agree. If, if Harden's back, I think, I think the nets are the team to beat. If he's not, I think the Sixers are the team to beat. Out oh. West, I, I think it's going to be pro- – I'd like to see the Nuggets get through because they're an interesting team to me, but I think it's probably going to be Phoenix and Utah um, playing for the finals. But I, I think the East is going to win the championship this year. I wouldn't mind seeing the Suns there. I mean, Devin Booker, he's nice. I mean, I'm not a U.K. fan at all, but and I mean, he had a decent career at U.K., but, I mean, he's really playing really well for the Suns right now. So Oh, yeah, absolutely. Know. I'd like to see a Devin Booker versus uh, um, Donovan Mitchell, UK versus U of L matchup. I think that'd be a pretty good little matchup. You know, Donovan Mitchell was on five. I didn't see the game, but man, 45 points when nobody else in the game really did much of anything. It must right. have just been the Donovan Mitchell. I think he wears number 45. He also, does. Doesn't it? Yeah, 45 so. for 45. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So, uh-huh. Well, so what do you think? Who do you think? Come, who do you have coming out of the West, Mez? If I had to make a prediction right now, let's say, give me the Suns. I'll take the Suns. Yeah, I, I, I um, like that pick. I like Mitchell, though. Donovan Mitchell and Utah, they're quietly a pretty good team. They had the best record in the West, did they not? They did. They're, they're, Utah's the one seed, so they're going to have home court throughout. Did they I mean, have that's... the best record overall? I don't know. if The Sixers are the one seed in the East. Technically, who had the best record in the league? And how they even, you know, is that coin toss? Is it alternate? Is it who has home court in the, in the finals? I'm not sure. Right. I think it's going to be Phoenix, and it's either going to be, if Harden's healthy, it's the Nets. If Harden's not healthy, it's the Sixers. Right. Well, I like Utah. I mean, like I said, Utah just, you know, I, they're, they're pretty like they're, a, they're quietly the number one seed in the West. I mean, everyone would assume it had been the Clippers. I mean, yeah, Clippers have some talent. I mean, I like Kawhi Leonard. I like Paul George. I just don't know if they have just something's missing in, for the Clippers. Right. I don't know something's missing. I don't like the Clippers team. I was rooting against them hard with the Mavericks. I think I kind of looked at the Clippers almost like LeBron the Warriors, the Spurs. I almost put, you know, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the last few years, the Clippers have always been in a new, I felt like they were that old guard and the West. I wanted to see all brand new. I wanted to see fresh teams, right? Dallas and Utah and, you know, Phoenix, Denver, all these teams, even Portland. I would, I wouldn't have mind seeing, but you know, that's another one too. Yeah. Dame time. They're talking about, well, it turned out to be lame time a little bit with, uh, you know, them coming up short against the Nuggets. They're talking about he could be on a trading block, though. There's been a lot of talk about him maybe to the Knicks. I've heard about him possibly with a Ben Simmons type trade to the Sixers. I've heard, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but it's it's interesting. Some of the where do you, where do you go to college out there. Where do you go to college? Lillard. Yeah. 
you put me on the spot and I don't know. I'll look it up real quick though while we talk. Yeah. Um, figure it out in about 10 seconds here thanks to google that's right i i, I mean he, he's great i mean he makes a lot of really big shots he's thing about him logo. oh he does i mean and, and at big moments too you know he's knocked teams out shooting from the logo there's no right. question about that uh but you know i think the thing with him is he's very expensive they don't have a lot else around him and he is was he about 30 years old or so he went to weber state weber state however you pronounce it right he was a 2012 draft. So he's the number six overall pick. He is Where's 30 he years old. Where's he from? Oakland. Oh, Oaktown, huh? Yeah. Could he be going to the Golden State Warriors? Wow. Imagine. Well, I don't know if they, um, what's going to happen with them, I guess. And I guess the question was, I know they're going to re-sign Curry. They have to. He's the face of the franchise. He's there. You know, they're right. one. He'll always be the face of the franchise, I'm sure. Um, but what's happening with, Who's the other guy that shoots the threes there? Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson? Is, is he ever playing again, or what's his deal? I, he'll be back next year, I guess. Yeah. Without Achilles, so I don't know. I mean, I don't think Damian Lillard. I don't think I don't think Lillard goes to the Warriors. Um, he doesn't fit that offense. Too many shooters over there already. So I can not see enough him, basketballs. <laughs> I, could, I could see him go to a Lakers. Uh, I'd I would love a line, uh, Simmons or ben, I almost said Lionel Simmons, <laughs> Ben Simmons for Dame Lillard trade. I'd love that. Well, they talked about, you know, I, I think that would be great for Philly because I think I think if they had one more real good piece that could shoot and look, let's face it, they they I, I know my Philly fans and guys from my fantasy football league that might be listening to this are going to say, oh, here he goes again. They had it in their laps and they missed him. Yeah. They, they traded up to the number one pick, which was the smart move. And then they took the wrong guy. They took Fultz. And if they had Jason Tatum right now, ended right. up going third to the Celtics, they would be absolutely unstoppable. Where is Fultz? Um, Orlando? I think he's in Orlando. He had a decent season. I think he averaged. I was looking up some stats the other day just, just for fun. And you know, he's around 13 points, five assists. You know, he's, he's actually he's getting some time. I mean, that was just weird when he was with the Sixers because he came in as the number one pick. And all of a sudden, they're changing how he shoots. And they're talking about his shoulder. And the guy was like... He was, he was, he had like a phobia about being on the court almost, it seemed like. Yeah, I, I, I we don't miss him. Uh, no, really. I know, expensive mistake, but it's, it's whatever. But I, I'd love to see a Dame time come to Philly. That'd be a great trade for me. I'd be a fan of it. But uh, so, you know, well, who do you got? I, I made my predictions. I said either Nets or Sixers based on Harden's health. I picked the Suns out west. Which it sounds like you agreed with who or who who do you think in the East? Are you I, taking your Sixers? You, I, I, don't just don't, I just don't think. I mean, and be it, it, it's a 50-50 with him. I think the Nets just have too much firepower. Honestly, much I hate to say it, you know. And I, I like the Jazz. I, could it be you know a, a one v one or a one? You know what? What seed were the Nets? Were they the two? The Nets are the two, I think. Yeah, because they got home I, court I right now against the Bucks. Yeah, Jazz are just solid. They're a quietly solid team. You know the Jazz. So, but I like the Suns. I like Devin Booker. I mean, he could shoot teams out too. You know, he he has that. Oh yeah, and then Chris Paul's playing great. You know, he was the yeah. he was the the experienced point guard, the savvy you know veteran point guard leadership you know yeah. piece that they needed. Yep. Um, and and give credit to Durant. You know, we talked about Clay Thompson. You know, being one of the big scorers at Golden State, had the big injury. Well, exact thing can be said about Durant. And so far in the playoffs, he's looked you know revitalized, and he looks healthy, and he looks. I mean, when he's going, he's just about he's, the best offensive player in the league he can score from anywhere on the court he's so long you know he has a he, the way he shoots the jump shot like the fadeaway i mean he just you know he's so long it's hard to block his shot so if, if you ever want to if you ever want to look at something fun google 
you know, Kevin Durant at the at Rucker Park. Rucker Park is one of the famous outdoor playgrounds in Harlem. Right. And every summer they get, you know, games that get going there. And they at times they get celebrities and actual pro players that stop down. And it becomes like a notch in there. But, hey, I played at Rucker Park. You know what I mean? I played a pickup game there. Right. He had a game where he came in and, I mean, he scored like 60 points in like, you know, 20 minutes or something like that, hitting, you know, 40-foot bombs to the other. It's hilarious to watch. And, you know, he's being defended against not NBA guys, but guys that can play basketball. Right. But it, he just put on a showcase and the place is going nuts. It's, it's definitely interesting to watch. It, it's, it's not the Conchahawken YMCA League. So, you know, <laughs> it's a step up. It's, it's nothing that Paramus has to offer. I know that right. it's a little it's a little more prime time than Paramus. But That's right. hey, man, it's it's been fun catching up again. It's been way too long. Let's not wait two weeks until we get the next episode. Maybe we'll get our kids on here we talked about getting ryan luke on to talk some nba with us because they can probably teach us in the audience a few things right um maybe we'll get bill o'neill to finally come on if he's not doing all his stuff that he's doing or scaly to come back or somebody else so we'll see what we can do 10-4 buddy good seeing you man have a good rest of the week you too thanks for listening everybody this has been over under a sports talk podcast stay tuned for more episodes